You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the 3 a.m. podcast. My name is DJ. My name is Sean. My name is Charlie. Man, we're stoked. <laughs> Always. How's your weekend? Uh, pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I've slept like five hours in the past 48. So I'm running on a prayer right now. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm struggling. But I'm still super excited to yeah. share some stories. Talk to me. Uh, what do you want to know? anything what'd you do this weekend? why why ain't you sleeping yeah should i just jump into it yeah uh me and my wife took a pretty impromptu trip down to puerto rico and i know that sounds like extravagant and stuff but my wife works for an airline so we have the extreme luxury of being able to fly for free or close to nothing so i'm not balling out or rich or anything like that i'm not a trust fund baby at all <laughs> Yeah, in fact, it's quite the opposite. But um, yeah, so we we jumped on her airline and went down to Puerto Rico. Envious. Yeah, that was it, your first time there. Yeah, it was awesome. What's it Dope. like? Tell us. You get off the plane. What's it like? So immediately, I mean, it's tropical, so it's warmer because mm. it's snowing right now in Utah. It's not snowing in Puerto Rico. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's uh, humidity, super high, super sunny. It's 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 very hot. Uh, have you ever been to like a South American country? Never. It felt a lot like Costa Rica. It felt a lot like other South American countries I've been to. The number one thing I love about South American countries and Asian countries, Southeast Asian, is like just way more relaxed with rules. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) There's a level of chaotic energy there that doesn't exist anywhere else. But totally. Everyone is on that page. Understands it. Yeah. It's kind of okay or it flows really well. I think at first to like the outside, especially coming from the U.S., you're like, okay, there is no rhyme or reason 
like people are just going everywhere driving everywhere mm-hmm. and then you you like after a day you notice there's a pattern everyone is like yielding to each other like you said like the, it's very chaotic but they're all on that same chaos mm-hmm. so it's just nice i don't know it's fun mm. it's different i think it's good to travel i think it's good to like break up your norm get out and see the world we're all the same but anyway so since it was so impromptu we didn't have like a hotel. We had to book the only thing that was available. And we actually landed in Puerto Rico, drove directly to a ferry, and took a 30-minute ferry ride to a, an even smaller island off um, Puerto Rico Damn. called Vieques. Vieques, yeah. And so it's a tiny island. It was so dope, so beautiful. It was honestly comparable to like Oahu at some points. So I was like, this is pretty. But we uh we land on this tiny little um, island and we're at this hostel, which was the only thing available. And we roll up and the hostel is behind and connected to a bar slash nightclub. Tight. Dude, it was <laughs> ghetto. Uh, definitely for like, like people daggering each other ghetto. <laughs> oh, Dude, nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a lot of like sad stories get up. <laughs> it was definitely more for like college partiers. That's what it was for. The yeah, demo. Yeah. Every night they played music till like 3.30 a.m. And our bunk was like sharing a wall with the speakers. So every night it was like <laughs> doosh, 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 doosh to like three. It's just that, that so house sad. music. Anyway, we had an amazing time. Beaches, best fish tacos I've ever had oh. in my life. And I've had some good fish tacos. Mm-hmm. I'm being dead ass. The best I've ever had. We had it four meals in a row. Breakfast, <sighs> lunch, dinner, and then breakfast again. <laughs> Damn. I feel like my life is incomplete if I ever go to the beach and don't have a fish taco at some yep, point true. in the vacation. So last day at this hostel, it's Saturday, and we need to catch the 6 a.m. ferry off the island or we're stuck on the island. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd like miss our ho- next hotel. We'd miss our flight. So we have to get there. So Saturday, I call. There's a list of like 20 people who would drive us the 30 minutes across the island. And I call them. And every single one of them is like, not nah, too early. Nope. 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 Even if we pay extra. Yep. Nope. Uh, so I was like, frick. And I get down to the last number and I call and it's this lady. And I'm like, hey, we need to make the 6 a.m. ferry. We're wondering if you could take us from our hostel to the ferry in the morning at like five. She's like, yes. I'm like, thank you. And it's going to be like double the money. So it's $20 per person. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but I, at this point, I'm like, I will pay anything because we we have to make this ferry. And she's like, okay. And I was like, so you probably come pick us up around like 530. She's like, oh, no, no, no. Um, 445, five. We'll be there. And I was like, uh, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, we need time to get you to the ferry just in case the ferry leaves early. So we're like, okay. So I go to bed at 3.30 when the music stops and wake up at 4.30 to pack up silently in this room full of weird European 60-year-old men because we're sharing a room with like six of them. Uh, and so pack up silently and we get out and we're standing there and on time waiting for this taxi. Nice. 5 a.m. waiting. Oh, no. And no taxi. Oh, I thought you were saying that she showed up on time. Bro, Damn. When I was on the phone with her the day before, I confirmed like four times. So you'll be out there. You're going to pick us up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. 
confirm like four or five times. 5.15 rolls around, no one. And we're getting nervous because we have to make this ferry or we are effed. And so two cars go by and I throw up a thumb and I'm like, I'm trying to hitchhike. I don't care. Like we'll jump in any car. We need to get there. And they just scoot on by. <laughs> they, they don't even slow down. And while we're waiting out there, I look down the street and there's another couple from Belarus and they're freaking out. And they like, are you trying to make the ferry? And we're like, yeah. And anyway, they had called the same lady. She had assured them that she would be there as well. She running a scheme, bro. So we're nervous. MJ, my wife, looks it up on Google Maps. It would take us two hours to walk. <laughs> but at this point, I was like, we, we have to try to get there. So we almost to the point where we're like giving up. And I look all the way down this road and I see a guy in a truck with his lights off and he's just moving slowly. I can see him get out and he like walks up to the buildings and gets back in. I'm like, all right, I'm doing this. Sprint down the road. And I go walk up to him and he's grabbing like restaurant trash and trash from homes. And it smells putrid. It's like fish. It's dripping. He's like picking it up and it's just leaving these big long trails of guts. And he's just chucking it in the back of his truck. Mm -hmm. And I walk up to him and we're like, hey, can we catch a ride to the ferry? And he's like, I'm working. What are you talking (laughs) about? I'm working. And the guy from Belarus just like lays it on thick. And he's like, please, we need help. Will you help us? Take us to the ferry. (laughs) We will pay you. And the guy's like, and we're like 50 bucks. And he's like, okay. (laughs) So at this point, it's like six o'clock and the ferry leaves any time between six and six thirty and if you're not there they don't care they're they're taking off so he looks at his truck and he's like uh how many of you and we're like four there's a single bench in his cab and nothing else <laughs> so me and the belarus dude look at each other and we both of our wives get in the cab and we look at each other and we climb into the back <laughs> of a trash garbage truck (laughs) and the guy tries to push some of the bags out of the way but i end up just standing on and in fish saucy gut trash hot and i was like this is hilarious sun is just coming (laughs) up right not yet not yet it's still dark uh so i climb in the back i'm literally standing on this trash bag and i'm just sinking into the trash bag (laughs) Like by the second I'm going down into like that and I'm just Star like, Wars episode, the trash compactor. And the guy's like, yeah, for real. I, I saw a tentacle go by and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I shot a laser and it just bounced around. <laughs> um, so he's like, okay, uh, what time is it? And then we're like 610 and he's like, oh, and like puts it into low gear and just takes off through the jungle of this like small. He was mashing down the street so fast and uh, not not a lot of cars out yet no so nice dude he is cruising and we're just like i'm in the back trying not to touch anything (laughs) and at one point i was like i need to film some of this just to like document but i was like there's no i had touched like to hold and i was like i'm not touching my phone with my hands because i had grabbed onto the bars you know because i I didn't want to like fall yeah i was like "I, i refuse to touch my phone so i didn't get any footage of the actual thing it smells like ass. <laughs> it smells like Patrick Starr's asshole. <laughs> uh, and I and I just like, I have this weird thing inside of me when things get even worse and worse and worse. I think it's so funny. Dude, same. <laughs> My wife gets pissed because I like it gets so shitty. I just start laughing. Laughing in the face of death. It's, it's like <laughs> it you at Wendy's. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So I turned to the Belarusian dude and he is not looking happy. And I was like, this is hilarious. And I was like, good story though. And he's like, I'll be honest with you. I don't want to remember this. (laughs) (laughs) And I just start laughing. (laughs) Anyway, we pull up, jump out of the back of this garbage truck and like 60 Puerto Ricans are just laughing at us. Throw the dude 50 bucks, sprint to the ferry. And we are the last people to board the ferry. And we take off. Wow. It was wild. I I was like, (laughs) at that one point, I was just like, I am speeding through the jungles of Puerto Rico in the back of a garbage truck trying to catch a ferry. (laughs) What is my life? It's a Sunday morning. I should be in church. (laughs) I think we all have stories like that. Most or everyone in our friend group has been fortunate enough to travel abroad multiple times. One of my favorite ones is when I was living in the Philippines and it just reminded me of there you can catch these buses that go around the island (laughs) and a lot of people will visit the city, get a bunch of stuff that you can only get in the city, pack them huge with rope and throw them onto the bus. And once the bus reaches past max cap, (laughs) so max cap is 80 as soon as there's 120 people in there then they start piling people on top (laughs) firemen everywhere just like (laughs) having strokes so we were one of the ones who were last and had to sit on top of the bus and it was our dream to get on top of the bus so we were stoked until about 45 minutes to our ride we're already in the countryside and these but the bigger the vehicle is and in Asia, the more precedence it has on the road. It's the king of the road. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If you're a smaller car, you get out of the way. Pedestrians have the lowest right on the road. (laughs) But this bus is booking it down the highway faster than everyone else, weaving through traffic. And we come on the, we're on the countryside and we come on this long stretch of road. And all the way at the end, we could see a low-hanging tree. Oh, no. <laughs> Bro, it was like an Indiana Jones. So as we get closer. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Wait, is there, is like the top of the bus like packed to people? Yes. So it's like you can't just like push people out of the way. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. And we're going maybe 60 miles oh, an hour. <laughs> and as we get closer and this tree is getting larger, we uh, people everyone around us starts it starts off as like a low commotion and then as we get closer just people are freaking out (laughs) my homie and i here on top of the bus there's nothing we can do i'm just laughing and shaking my head (laughs) as we get closer i'm sitting on my butt and i bring my knees up to my chest and i just use my arms to cover my head (laughs) the back of my head and the sides and (laughs) i'm laughing into my (laughs) You're just about to get gang raped by a branch, dude. (laughs) And we went through this tree, and (laughs) I'll be honest, it wasn't, it it was like a bunch of twigs, but it was still enough to freak you out going 60 miles an hour. Oh, yeah, bro. So we go through it, and people are screaming. (laughs) Everyone's fine, but people have cuts and scratches. They're shook. Yeah. (laughs) We make it through, but we, we made it together <laughs> nice. and that's what really matters oh yeah <laughs> but you can't get that here <laughs> that's what you pay for thousands of dollars to go abroad and 
have an experience like that. Because they have like rules and regulations. <laughs> <laughs> so back to that that chaotic nature. But they're all on that same page, so it's kind of okay. It reminds me of when I was 16, I got like a Vespa moped scooter. That was my vehicle, and I loved it. I don't know why I started there, because eventually I upgraded to a motorcycle. So I was on a motorcycle for like three, four years. And one time, you, you're just talking about how like it's just small branches at 60 <laughs> miles an hour. But the thing is, like rain past 30 miles an hour <laughs> is like... Someone's throwing needles at your face. It feels like you're in Star Wars Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so it's no like, that's not small. Like 60 miles an hour, getting hit with anything hurts, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So one time I'm going downtown on a busy street. Walking fast. Walking. No, I'm like driving fast <laughs> driving on my motorcycle. <laughs> you're homebound. When I see a wasp. Oh no. Coming right at my face. There's no time to react. It hits my head, my temple, and goes into my helmet. And it starts stinging my temple of my head. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm riding on my <laughs> motorcycle. I can't just like stop because I'll die. And I start screaming and just punching the side <laughs> of my helmet. I'm like, ah! And people around me are like, uh, are you okay? This thing st- stung me like three times on my temple before I was able to like crush it with my helmet. And, and as soon as I could like safely pull over, I like pulled over, pulled off my helmet. It like fell out and my whole side of my face is like all puffy. But it was wild. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so funny. So I almost died because of a, a wasp. A critter. Dude, I'm glad you had a good time in Puerto Rico. Anything else? From Puerto Rico? Nah. I went up to Idaho with my girlfriend and a bunch of friends, and we stayed at our friend's grandma's house, which is in a town called Ashton, and it's about a half an hour north of Rexburg, which still doesn't explain much to a lot of (laughs) listeners out there. (laughs) Just know that it is farm fields. Farm fields on farm fields. Their family owns a ton of cattle and sell the meat. So they are a pretty well-established family there. We were walking around in the town and people were saying, like the shop owners were asking if we were visiting and our friend Allison would tell them, yeah, I'm visiting. My family's the Looseleys. And everybody would be, oh, the Looseleys. <laughs> oh, everybody so knew her family. It's like when we were visiting Jordan's grandparents' town, they, everyone would just know each other. Yeah, yeah. So okay. one of those, it's like tiny town. Ethnically, did you uh, fit in? No, I didn't see <laughs> one colored person for four days. No POCs? <laughs> no. Yeah, they uh, put me in the room in the house that was far in the back <laughs> underground. <laughs> the back of the house, bro? <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Hella disrespected. Uh, JK, thanks, Grandma Portia, for having us. Oh. But uh, it was fun. We rode snowmobiles. I saw my first dog sled race, which was dope. It was fun. It was a fun trip. We told a ton of scary stories one night, which was fun. And it's a decently big house. There was so much snow there. Idaho is so cold. (laughs) Uh, There, in some parts on the side of the road, snow was piled up to 8 to 10 feet high. Yep. So just white. Everything there is white. It's really beautiful because when it's snowing in the city, Beautiful at first when you get that first blanket. Mm. And then later that day is just ugly and gray and muddy. Caca. Mushy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there, because no one goes on the farm fields, yeah. 
it stays Just white. White blankets. Super beautiful. Ooh. Yeah. Blinding. <laughs> but uh, we were telling stories, and my girlfriend was sitting next to me on the couch that we were on, and she was watching for some reason. Oh, she was looking outside the window to watch the snow. She was watching the snow outside the window, and everyone's in the living room. Grandma's asleep. And while she is watching the window, there's one light on in the background, and she can see the reflection. And in the window walks across a blonde woman in an orange dress when our entire party was in the living room. No one else was in the house. It was like 1130. So everyone in that town goes to sleep at nine. And you shouldn't be wearing dresses in the snow. Nope. No, no, no. In the reflection. Oh, no. Like it's in behind the house. you. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought it was outside the window. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. Is she the only one who saw it? She's the only one who saw it. And she freaked out by her reaction. Her reaction was genuine. Hmm. And honestly, like Mal doesn't strike me as the one to like try to like instigate, just like lie to like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't feel like she would make that up mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Did you ever find out what it was? No, nothing else <sighs> happened from that. But that was definitely creepy. After that night, a group of us, because a lot of us, it, it's a decently big house. A lot of us had our own rooms and uh-huh. beds. But after that night, a group <laughs> of us were like, a group of us just decided to sleep together in the living room <laughs> on the couches. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so I'm just going to like crash out here. Everybody good with just sleeping right here? Is that all right? <laughs> Dude, were there any good stories? I told most of them. <laughs> Be- because, because we have this podcast now, every time we have an outing or a camp out or something like that, people just expect me. They're all, DJ, perform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Did you hit him with some good ones then? Yeah, I did. Nice. What was like the well most best received, you think? The missing 411 stories, the search mm. and rescues. The first one I started with was the tent, the hand pressing on the tent. Oh, that was a good one. I talked about the Vivint security system, white dress. Nice. Just bangers. Mm-hmm. Just trying to farm more listeners, you know? Because <laughs> there's a, a few people there that I've never met. Oh, cool. So DJ's like live telling it and like. Remember to like and subscribe. <laughs> Download our episode. Halfway through, I throw out an ad. Yeah. Great beanie catering. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but that was our weekend. We hope you had a good one. Good to be back. It's yep. good to be back. Let's We're stoked. do this thing. No question. Let's just roll. Skip. Roll, roll, roll. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big, small when we keep them bottled up it can start to affect us negatively (sighs) i have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light lightness in my heart my head my emotions if that's something that you're needing if that's something that's missing Give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, we want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3 a.m. And you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m.
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sean gets a... 18. 7. 18. Ooh. 8. 13. Charles, Sean, then me. Cool. All right. So for tonight, I kind of just have several interesting things. They were interesting to me, and one of them I was actually really stoked on. <laughs> and so we'll see how that goes. All right, the first one. Do you remember uh, a while ago we talked about like a phenomenon that's like on Ripley's Believe It or Not or something about gravity hills? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is that New Jersey? I think so. I think there's multiple places actually. Okay. So, but yeah, Sean, what is what what's like the gist of it? Is there anti gravity hills where? things will go uphill without being pushed or dropped or whatever it is. You just land at the bottom of the hill and they'll go up. People put their car in neutral. Oh, yeah, cars. Put it in an empty bottle. And you did it. Mm-hmm. And it, and it happened. Mm-hmm. So you were at the bottom of a hill, put your car in neutral, and your car starts going uphill. Mm-hmm. Bro, that's weird. Yeah. I don't it is it. weird. So someone reached out to us after we had discussed that, and they said, hey, did you guys know? That there's a gravity hill in Salt Lake. What? <laughs> Where are we going? Whatever you want. Apparently, yeah, there's a gravity hill, and it's a couple blocks north, northeast of the Utah State Capitol. Whoa. So we should totally go up there. Down. That's the same area where we went behind Memory Grove where that Park. Girl was found. Mm-hmm. And you go in the back roads and you shine the light adjust turn it off and you should see her silhouette same area apparently so she she didn't give me any specifics so i'm going to continue to do research on it but she said there's several urban legends around that area some some high levels of activity (laughs) yeah dude (laughs) very active (laughs) she said there's there's a glowing grave that we can go visit glowing and there is a like a tractor, like a ghost tractor. I doubt it. <laughs> so we'll go. So test we're gonna those. have to try. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, the person who told us about Gravity Hills, their name was Scorbin fourteen, and so we really should go up there soon and we'll, we'll, like check it out. No, I'm super down. Awesome. Also down. Cool. Let's debunk it. I'm about it. Anyway, that's all I kind of have for Gravity <laughs> Hills at this point. But hopefully, we get more in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the next one, someone by the name of. Jory Blaine on IG, he hit us up. And do you remember when we, in an episode, a couple episodes ago, we talked about accidentally, kind of not accidentally, prank calling 911? <laughs> yeah, I called 911 yeah. when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it turns out this dude, he was a dispatcher for 911 for over 10 years. So you know he has some stories. Uh, but he just shared this short one real quick. Um, when he was working, his dispatcher, whatever, they get a 911 call. They pick it up. Hello, 911 operator. And instantly, there's no one on the line. It's just static. Do they try to call back at those points? I think they do. Like, that's protocol. Yep. So they follow protocol. They call back. It actually, they actually send someone out to the house. Yeah. And so they get officers to respond. They roll up to the house 
and every single light is on in the house. Nope. So the officer gets out. They walk around the perimeter of the house, and they find... Nighttime? Yes. I'm much more open to walking around the house when the lights are on than (laughs) off. That's true. That's true. So nighttime, all the lights are on. Officer walks around the house and finds a window that's unlocked. And so, you know, they've made attempts. They've, like, knocked. They've tried to whatever. And at this point, they've decided we need to enter. So they enter the house, and it's completely empty. So they think, huh. Do us a favor. They call back to dispatch. Do us a favor. Can you check the call logs? Because every call is logged and mm-hmm. what the occasion is for. And let's say that the call, the, the first one that hung up, let's say that that happened at like 947. Mm-hmm. In the files, exactly 24 hours previous, so 947 the day before, the lady that lived there called because she was having a heart attack. Had a heart attack and ended up passing away at the hospital. Oh. 20, exactly 24 hours before that call. So they're kind of creeped out. Our friend talks to the actual guy who took the call and he said, what was on the phone? And so they start listening to it over and over and over. And he said, every time he could, he listened to it, he could hear something clearer and clearer. And he swears on his life that he hears a woman whisper, I need help. I'm having a heart attack. Okay. And like this story, like everyone was like freaking out. Bro, her ghost is like stuck in the perpetual Groundhog's Day scenario. <laughs> but for real though, it 24 hours, it's like the hang up call and she's still asking for help. He said it freaked him out, freaked them out. That's fun. I know. I was reading that. To was like hear spooky. from afar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Heart attacks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Chilling. That gave me goosebumps. Oh, gosh. So I, I just thought that was fun. It was, it was kind of crazy. And it's cool to like, it's exciting. It's just as exciting for us, probably even more so than for the listeners at home, to like get feedback from the episodes. Right. So that's what like, that's what my updates are, or my stories this episode. Mm-hmm. That's fun. That, that story is the one everyone talks about at the workplace. I heard one like Did five you hear years what ago. To Brian? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bro. And then, yeah. Totally. <laughs> uh, but, but like, luckily we got it before it was passed down years. We got it like directly from the dude. <laughs> wow. Dang. So before like the UFOs and Bigfoot get added to the story. <laughs> What's his name again? Uh, his name was Jory Blaine. Shout out Jory. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> All right, and the last one. I'm sitting in my bunk in a hostel in Puerto Rico, and I get a text from my little brother, Aiden. Shout out Aiden, because he's probably the biggest 3 a.m. supporter out there. So shout out Aiden. All your siblings, let's be real. (laughs) They're very supportive. Mm. I have a good, yeah, a lot of love from them and for them. So Aiden hits me up, and he sends me one photo, and he says, do you remember this? What? And so it's something we have talked about in a previous episode that we said we would look into. We asked for help from the viewers, never heard anything back. Hmm. And so I'm going to talk about the lost tribe of Tierra de Fuego. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the lost tribe of Tierra de Fuego, (laughs) or 
the land of fire. It was named after some of the first explorers who ever sailed around the south tip uh, or the tip of South America. Mm-hmm. So Captain Magellan. Mm. And that was back in 1520. So he's a Spanish explorer, first guy to go down the Pass of Magellan down there. And as they were sailing, he could look onto the land, the archipelago of the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just a ton of different islands. And this is the tip of South America. It's a... Uh, it's crazy. It's like Sean and I were there for a brief time before we went to Patagonia and you could like look across the water and just know that like a little bit further from your vision is Antarctica. Like it's mm-hmm. the tip yep. of the earth. Yeah. Anyway, so the sailor, Captain Magellan, he looks and he sees all of these fires like in the hills along the beaches hmm. and it's this indigenous people, this lost tribe. And so he named it the tribes of Tierra de Fuego. So the land of fire. So these people who lived there, they were called the Selknam, Yamana, and the Kawaskar people. And so they had lived in that area for um, scientists or archaeologists say that they've lived in that area for about 7,000 years. Dang. At the time that like Magellan and Europeans first saw them, there was about 3,000 of them. But, so that's in the 1800s, by 1910... There was only a hundred left. Oh. And today, zero. They're completely gone. That's so sad. So their entire way of life, their language, their their looks would pretty much all be gone if it weren't for this one German missionary. And so his name was Martin Gusindi. 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 I don't know. I'm probably pronouncing this like trash, but I don't care. Anyway, so in 1918, he starts making these trips there. And he does like several trips. I think it was like four or five. I can't remember. But he throws himself like into their way of life. He gets completely adopted by them. He even goes so far, he learns their entire language. Dang. And so they like show him their way of life, all of their sacred rituals. Like he he documents everything and he takes insane photos. He wrote a book. I really want to buy it, and I really want to learn more about these people. But I'm going to show you guys these photos. So if you're listening at home, go on Instagram. We'll have some of these photos showing these people. If you're on YouTube, you'll see it on the screen right now. <laughs> but Sean, tell me if you recognize these. Is it the penis head guy? <laughs> oh, sh- yeah. So come. I want you guys to like look at them and kind of like tell me how they make you feel uncomfortable <laughs> this dude's straight out of a uh, silent hill yeah you know pyramid mm-hmm. pyramid head man mm-hmm. okay so we've talked about the mud people of papua new guinea the mud men mm-hmm. i honestly feel like these these people are on par like their their decorative um paint and style is intense their faces are completely covered and they have two tiny little black dots where their eyes should be. And for their mouth as well. And they have the craziest paintings on them. Like, look at this photograph, dude. These paintings are... Dude, these are photographs. Sorry if this is inappropriate, but the pa- but the paintings on their body oh. are sick. <laughs> they're dude, dope. They're blocking. They're like textile. <laughs> like, as, as a fr- designer... From I, a designer's standpoint. Yeah, bro. Yeah. And I, I legit, I was thinking, I was like, oh, there's like, there's thought behind it. And I'll show you some of the photos. 
Like, look at that. That's terrifying. That is the pyramid head dude from Silent Hills. There's a child. His body is painted completely white, and he's wearing like a dunce cap that covers his whole face. Two tiny little black dots for his eyes. No other discerning features, but the dunce cap that's on his head is almost twice the length of his body or like the same length. That next picture is just a portrait of a woman. Normal picture compared to the others. She has no makeup or face paint or costumes. It's just her face plain and her hair. I've never seen somebody's face who looks exactly like that. It does look a co- like a combination of a lot of different yeah, cultures. Does. Like I can see Native American, South American. Mm-hmm. There's like a lot Mongolian. Of, ooh, yeah, bro. Her teeth, her teeth are on <laughs> point. Very white. Dude, I am. I am. I am embarrassed. Yeah, I got to go to her freaking dentist. I almost said gynecologist. Orthodontist. <laughs> Not the right word. Good hell. I think that's the German dude. Yeah, that would make sense. That has to be. He looks very different. He's got a handlebar mustache. <laughs> Whoa! What is in that kid's mouth? Is that in his? Is that in his eyebrows too? Like go into his forehead? What? Something's in his mouth. Almost. Uh, if I had to take a, a guess, maybe like, twigs. But they look like tusks. They do. They look like tusks. There's four of them. The ones on the outside go all the way up to his eyes, and the two in the middle go to his nostrils. This is insane. I've seen that. Okay, this is the this is what we talked about. This okay. is it. This yeah. is what Sean has dubbed the penis head man. Yep. So when we were in Patagonia, everywhere we would see this weird picture of a dude that looks like he has two wieners coming out the top of his head, and he's just wearing like it looks like rugby stripe. Looks like a Waldo <laughs> rabbit, like all of that, and like his face is the thing of nightmares. And so we kept. I kept asking. I was like, "What is this?" And we couldn't figure it out. I hit up um, my friend whose dad grew up in Chile, and like he was like, "I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> there like, was no, the guy who has penises on his head. What is that? <laughs> random a photo in the middle of nowhere of this guy. Yeah, oh, this is a long time ago that we talked about this. Yeah, this just makes me kind of sad. How you were talking about all these people are this race is extinct. Yeah, this race of people. And I think preservation of culture, to me, coming from a place where culture is so big, it rules, you know, everything around me where I grew up. It's, I, I, that's a big reason why I wanted to do the podcast, just to tell these stories, get whatever emotion we have, whether it's mm-hmm. being scared or laughing or just, just it's important to, to have all of this. So and it's kind of sad, too, to see like that that's gone yeah because imagine you know charles was talking about their language that they have yeah think about the stories they had the practices and and whatnot but but this dude got so many photos he documented so much so it's like it's awesome that he did that that's insane so this is i got this or aiden rather he found this and sent this to me and he's like bro i think i found that guy you were talking dude good job aiden for real that's some real sleuthing right there Yeah. yeah This article is from The Door of Perception, and the book that I do want to get is The Lost Tribes of Tierra del Fuego about the Selknam Yamakawescar people, and it's by that guy, Martin Gusindi. Hmm. Fun. That'll be good to look through. Order here. Let's see how much. It's like $5,000. Oh, no. It's not for sale. Oh. Everything's it, got a price. Does it need, 
verfügbar. I think that means out of stock. <laughs> <laughs> I was super stoked. I was I was like sitting in my bunk, sweating my ass off because it's like ninety degrees at two a.m. in the morning, <laughs> and Aiden sends me this, and I'm like, yo, and I was like looking at all the photos, and I was reading up on it, but. I'll do my best to see if there's anything else on it, but pretty much like everything is lost, lost to time. Hmm. It's crazy to think there. There's That's wild. There's probably so many cultures out there that we just like don't know and come and go. never know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, shout out Aiden. Thanks so much. Dope. That was a good line of just like updates. Yeah. <laughs> kind of follow ups. We need more of that. So <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we're not as accountable as we should be here. We talk about going out and research things, and then we just leave that on a loose end. So. <laughs> It's good to tie up some ends then. Yeah. True, true. Yeah. All these people counting on that info from us and we just not giving it to them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's me tonight. Cool. Um, all right. So my story tonight comes out of Mexico. Now, it's the southernmost state of Mexico, if that's what they call them, Chiapas. Okay. So it comes from this girl who worked in an internet cafe. And she made sure to mention that it was a nice, well-kept internet cafe where people would come check their emails, play games, da 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 right? Now, she said that she was instructed to make all of the customers feel like home and just be really friendly and nice to the people. But essentially, she's the one who would put the time on the computers so that they would have a time limit. Now, she mentioned that there was one guy who would come in like clockwork Every night, 6 p.m., would check his emails for 15 minutes and pay an exact change every time. And he was just the nicest guy. So he's super, super polite, but he was also really well kept too, like military haircut, just looked like a normal dude Nothing outside of that. Nothing strange or yeah. off-putting, yeah. No, honestly, she said he was super, super nice. Now, she said one day, the guy doesn't show up, but all of a sudden, two big dudes come into the internet cafe and start just like grilling her, asking her all kinds of questions, being rude, stuff like that. And they were both carrying as well. Like she could see them with pistols, both of them. Pistolas. And she 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 like was kind of freaking out and not answering their questions. And all of a sudden this smaller dude comes in, has like this mustache and another gun as well. But he tells the two big guys to back off and says, hey, let me ask the questions. He's like, will you come with me real quick? Just outside. So she like walks to the door and she sees a couple of police cars and then armored trucks. And he's like, we need you to identify a wanted uh, criminal. And she's like, uh, I, I don't know. She walks over and they kind of open the van door and this guy is sitting there like tied up. Like normal dude? The normal dude, the oh, polite guy. Oh, damn. Now, she also knows that around this area, police will just randomly pick a person and say they did something so that they can get money or put it in the newspaper to show that they're doing their job or whatever it is. Uh, so she's like, I got to help this guy out. So first thing, she's like, yeah, no, he comes here all the time. Like every day, he's the nicest guy, like uh, so-and-so. She said his name, and he's like, well, what, what kind of shoes does he always wear? Just some random A question. She's like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't really pay attention. He's like, well, okay, closes the van door, tells her, don't leave town. So the rest of the day, kind of uneventful, nothing else happens. She leaves, comes back the next day, and she sees her manager on the front door of the internet cafe, just like eyes wide open, freaking out. And he's got a newspaper in his hand. She walks up to him and he's like, 
what happened yesterday? And she's like, is this like some guy that usually comes in? They, the police arrested him. He gives her the newspaper and on the front page said, wanted serial killer finally captured. And this guy in his testament would follow elderly women to their house, wait for them to go in. Then he would chase in after them, beat them, kill them, steal their stuff. And this normal A-looking dude that she almost helped to get out of him getting caught. And all of a sudden, she's just like freaking out herself. She's like, I legitimately almost helped a serial killer get away. The end, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I was rooting for her at one point. (laughs) You tell those lies, (laughs) amiga. (laughs) (laughs) What would you point (laughs) this? Hey, but for real, like, I was like, oh, she a real one. Like, she She's trying to help. Like, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, if you know that about the police force uh-huh. in the area or certain police officers in the area. And you're like, this dude obviously isn't, like, up to anything. Yeah. He, he's just some normal A-looking dude and super polite. Oh, gosh. Damn. I almost Did- got fooled by a military haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think she would have gotten, like, a serial killer pass, though? Like, he's like, all right, like you safe well he said that elderly women were his target so she was already fine she was already fine until she got older um two things one when serial killers get a type that to me is like the weirdest most intriguing scary thing yeah dude it's weird how did you come to that conclusion Dude, I feel like nine times out of ten, it's like looks exactly like their mom or (laughs) or somebody they hate. Yeah, like a girlfriend who called their wiener small or something. (laughs) Wild, wild, wild. That was super crazy. Like, I don't know what I'd do in that situation. I'm always intrigued by the idea of like how many monsters do you pass on the daily? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, how many people do you know who have some like dark secrets? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe one of us. In this circle. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> okay. I have one more. It's just a short oh, one. I was ready to tell mine. Go ahead. So this comes out of Brazil ah. and has to do with Macumba. Yes, yes, yes. Sock it to me. So I heard the story from my sister who lived in Brazil for a little bit, and she heard it from a friend of hers down there. A little bit of... <laughs> They're mine. What is it no. called? Phone? Telephone. 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 A little bit of telephone. And then the dragon showed up. Photo <laughs> <laughs> like threw the ring into the fire. <laughs> and the Cast Starship the Enterprise <laughs> <laughs> crashed into the two towers, or twin towers. Fall. <laughs> I meant two towers. <laughs> Damn you. I dare you. Steel beams. Continue. <laughs> okay. So... She mentioned that her friend, her her friend's father was really big into Macumba, the religion, not necessarily the witchcraft or anything like that, but the religion. And he would go to their uh, gatherings once a week. I don't know even know what they're called. Whatever, dude. My dad would always tell me, you can't expect to go to the mud pit and not get muddy. Oh, 100%. <laughs> he's just like, I'm into like the good parts of the dark man. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is, this is is probably what he's telling his daughter. Oh, no, no, this is chill. We good. We good. But he gets to this point where he's pretty, like he's elderly at this point, and she doesn't want to have anything to do with it. But her dad convinces her to take him there to this meeting. 
So real quick, I so like Macumba is Brazilian black magic. It's oh, right. like a religion, but there, it is it's just like voodoo, hoodoo, like where it's like no, there's good parts of it that is a religion, but then there's a lot of bad parts that terrify Brazilians. So I've I've worked in a Brazilian restaurant since I was like 17, and so it was the same thing. All Brazilians, like a lot of them, have different takes on it. Some of them would be like, I don't want to talk, talk about, about it. it. I don't mm. want to hear about it. Like take that sh- away. And then there's a lot of Brazilians who I met who were like, no, it's not bad. Like, it's not all bad. You know, it's just prayers. It's just superstition. Mm-hmm. Or don't give it power. Just let it, it yeah. is what it is. So yeah. I do know there's a lot of different views on it. One of our chefs, she would bless the grill every morning with a macumba prayer <laughs> and put like salt in the fire. Whoa. And some of the other Brazilians like hated that she did that. And then some of the other Brazilians were like down with it. So it is like so it depends on the person, but there's different aspects of Macumba. Mm-hmm. So um, my sister's friend eventually is convinced by her dad to take him to this meeting one weekend, I think, and they uh, go to the meeting, and eventually it gets to the point where in the meeting they're all like up and dancing and like chanting and like saying their prayers and singing and all this stuff is just going on. And it's kind of just like such a whirlwind to her. And she's watching her dad do whatever it is that they're doing there. And she's just standing there. And there's a lady that's like kind of witch-like type character who's guiding this whole thing. And she comes down from the stand and she's in the group just like doing her chant and dance and eventually gets to this girl. And then she like leans up real close to her and says, do not worry. I cannot touch you. You're safe. The end. (laughs) Oh, that ending, bro. I have like a thousand questions. (laughs) Interesting. Apparently, whatever it is, this witch-like character that was guiding the whole ceremony couldn't touch this girl because she was not part of the group or something like that. That's how I understood it when they were telling me. Huh. Interesting. What are your thoughts? I don't know. There's like, so, I don't know. Someone who I know who did a lot of capoeira, and Mm -hmm. capoeira is the Brazilian dance fighting. Mm-hmm. So it looks like breakdancing. And where it actually originated from was when the slaves were brought over from Africa, mm-hmm. there were slaves in Brazil and they were not allowed to practice any form of like self-defense or anything like that. So they came up with capoeira and they said, it's our way of worshiping. It's it's dance fighting. It's our dance. So if you watch it, it's so rhythmic and usually two men or two men and women or two women, whatever, two people are standing facing each other and they start this movement where they go back and forth the jinga and uh, all of a sudden they just start going into it. So one will like kick over the head and the other one will dodge it and then like do a flip over. And it's like as intricate as you can be. It's it's beautiful to watch, especially like masters go at it. Anyway, the guy I knew, he was really good at capoeira and they use an instrument called the bidi bon. And it's this bow with a string and at the bottom it has a bowl. And that it, it makes like the ding, 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 ding. And they get in a circle and they chant and they sing this and it's very rhythmic. And and a lot of people associate that bitty bong with macumba. And there's a lot of like macumba tied into capoeira. So he was like, it's nothing, bro. It's nothing. But I knew some Brazilians who straight up were like, didn't want to F with it. So they must, yeah. there must be like intense stories out there. Oh, there has to be. I'm yeah. I'm curious if there's a lot of people that just don't tell those stories because yeah. I haven't really heard a whole lot. Me neither. But the level of fear is so much so that I there has to be stories has to out be. There. Yep. 
I was pretty creeped out though, because like in my mind, I'm picturing just this fury of like people dancing and singing, and she coming up real close to her, just saying, "Don't worry, I can't touch you," which is almost scarier. Yeah, to me, it's like very. It's like a flex, dude. Space. Yeah, like I see you. I'm aware of you. You know, I know you're not part of our group or whatever. Ooh. I don't know, dude. That one was fun, but when she said that. I can't touch you or whatever. It just sounded like some crazy lady. And I don't know. It could be, yeah. dude. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I feel uh, I was putting myself in that girl's shoes, mm. and there was build up and anticipation. When she said that, I feel like I just wanted to laugh because I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's just well, skepti- and, me being skeptic. Oh, a hundred percent. I feel like I may have done something similar to what you're feeling. I don't know about her though. Like I don't know this girl personally, but if she's afraid of that culture like i feel like that could be something very real to her yeah i would crap my pants so i don't know what you two are talking about (laughs) Uh, i sound like a sore throat anyways so i'd be like (laughs) if there is anyone out there you know anything about makumba any stories hit us up we'd love to like learn more yep that's all i got cool dude thank you all right i'm gonna close this night out hey boy so It's funny that you guys both have stories from south of the border. Mine is not. not. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. So like I was saying earlier, recapping my weekend, I was in Ashton, Idaho. (laughs) One of my good friends, her name is Willow. I may have shouted her out before. But like any good single person would do when they travel, they spend a little bit of time on Tinder seeing who the local singles oh, yeah. eligibles are in the area, oh, you know? I Definitely. See you. I see so you. she's swiping through. She's matching with dudes. And she matches with a one Harrison from Idaho. Hmm. And this happens during the day. And they're talking throughout the day. And by the time we're telling scary stories at night... Willow is texting him and she says, we're sharing scary stories. Do you have any? And he says, oh, do I have any scary stories? Uh. (laughs) So they exchange numbers. She calls him, puts him on speakerphone. Ooh, this is is clutch. Y'all had a guess. (laughs) Yeah. So this was fun. This was especially for me. 3 p.m. episode. Yeah. (laughs) So as soon as she put him on speakerphone, I, t- I whipped out my phone, opened the voice memo app, hit record, oh. and recorded the whole thing, and I listened to Committed it. Committed a crime. Listened to it <laughs> twice on the way down back to Utah. This is what transpired that evening. So Harrison, who is, I believe, 24, is telling the story about his grandfather. And if you remember Ashton and this whole area of Idaho – like most of Idaho, is open fields, potato farms, cattle, ranches. There's not much in the ways of city. So a lot of the houses are very spread out. Your nearest neighbor is a mile down a dirt road, you know. So his he comes from a family who lived in this area and had a farm and had livestock. This happened 40 years ago, so it's in 1980. Harrison's grandfather is tending the farm and he is counting his livestock and he notices that there is one sheep that is missing 
finds it a little strange. So he he goes out in search of this sheep. And in the middle of the field, he finds it. And it's on the ground, laying down. And he approaches it. And as he gets closer, he's pretty sure that this sheep is dead. Not sure how. Got sick or it was attacked. But he gets closer and what he finds is on this sheep is burned in shapes and symbols on its side and there's no way that this could have been a piece of debris or it was somebody's working somebody had to have made burned and carved these shapes into the sheep. There's no natural way this could have happened. Finds it super strange, but what do you do in that situation? G-T-F-O. <laughs> Move. <laughs> Get on your horse <laughs> and never come back. <laughs> so he takes the sheep, cleans it up, and carries out the rest of his day. This same thing happens multiple times not to his sheep not just to his sheep but to his horses as well once in a while he would find a dead one out in the fields with these burned symbols and shapes and every time it was the same things burned into them so they were all connected and they had to have been the same person or people doing this to his livestock Mm-hmm. That is aggressive. <laughs> was it happening to anyone else or just his livestock? As far as I know, just his livestock. Hmm. He was asking, at this point, he was asking other people. So people were keeping their eye out, hmm. you know. So this had happened so many times that they started to go on watch. Yeah. You know? A few of them would stay up during the night, they'd be packing. And they just keep a lookout. You know? One night they're at home and they hear boom, boom, boom on their front door. They answer. It's one of their friends. And he says, follow me. We received a tip that the people who have been doing this are going to do it again tonight in this part of your farm. Who's giving these Dude, tips? that's a hot tip. That's, that's a very hot, hot tip. That's a hot, hot tip. They're like eight stones away from the <laughs> third post. <laughs> so, unfortunately, I don't have any more information on that. But I do have the rest of the story of them okay. following that <laughs> so tip. You're going to end the story? Oh, no. Yeah. no, you're good. I, I don't know where the tip came from. Okay, no, that's okay. fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a good-ass tip. Yeah, so it's uh, already yeah. nighttime at this point, And they get their shotguns. Grandpa... And a few others hop into the truck. They drive down the farm. And they get into this one area where it's fenced off. And it's pretty large. But they kind of spread out around the perimeter. And all of their animals have come back except for one. And they could see it in the middle of the field. They don't have any lights except for that of the full moon. You've been out on a night of full moon, especially where there's no light pollution, farm fields like this. It's pretty bright, you know, yeah. for nighttime. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can definitely see things. And it's farmland, so it's a lot of this is flat. 
especially in the area we were in, Ashton, flat. So they can see the horse in the middle of the fields. And they're communicating to each other to approach the horse. And the ideal scenario, I'd assume, is to just grab the horse, bring it back to the rest, and call it a night. But worst case scenario happens, of course. Of course, of course. (laughs) They're walking towards this horse. And as Harrison described it, told to him by his grandfather himself. Nobody had approached this horse. Out of nowhere, figures stand up all around the horse. And he said that they couldn't see through them. They weren't really like spirits where you could see through. They're like translucent. They were silhouettes. But Mm -hmm. you couldn't make out any features or anything. He described it as it looked like a sheet was thrown over them. Like how distinct the silhouette, the figure was. So at that point, they move a little closer and they start to open fire. R.I.P. horse. Yeah, I know, (laughs) which was kind of crazy for me to think about. But sea biscuit. (laughs) Either none of them hit or they hit and it did nothing. At nighttime, I don't think you could really see if it hit. You could just see if it. Like the effect of it, mm-hmm. you'd assume if it was hit, they would go down with yeah, it. You know, hear it maybe. Yeah, yeah. But all that happens is the horse drops down to the ground, and these shapes vanish into thin air. They run up to the horse. No gunshot wounds, just the same shapes burned into it. So that's the story of uh, Harrison's. Grandpa, nothing else really happened after that night. But there was a period in his farming lifetime where these shadows would visit him and terrorize him and kill his livestock one by one. And I'm not too sure why the motives behind it, but for him to not have closure over that and not know why any of that happened, Mm -hmm. except that it just did and he was a victim. I don't know if it was someone who knew him personally was getting revenge, but it was just the most puzzling story to me. I'm even more curious now where that tip came from. Yeah, dude. Because if it is like a supernatural phenomenon. Who would have known? Yeah, it's like they're working with someone then. Yeah. They wanted to be seen almost. And it didn't happen anymore. That's so puzzling, dude. So they wanted to be seen on their last, last time. Did they ever report on this? Did you know anything like that? I don't know. We should like do some hardcore sleuthing. Aiden, if you're listening, <laughs> get out there. Yeah. Were <laughs> they gray? Were they gray? The yeah. figures? Yeah. They were black. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. It's not the grays. Where's my phone? It's the blacks. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, other thing that's puzzling to me obviously is the figures that were there and just disappeared how everybody was circling you know the area of the horse and moving in they get there no one you know so it's almost yeah. as if they you know come up you know haven't you seen that before <laughs> don't you know what i'm talking about <laughs> so it's almost like they come straight up from the ground mm-hmm. underground tunnels mm-hmm. tremors oh, tremors damn. 
Okay. That was a story of Harrison's grandfather. Almost 40 years later. Oh. <laughs> Harrison's <clears throat> arrived on this earth. <laughs> He's 16 years old. This happens eight years ago. He hears talk of a Native American burial ground. South of where they're at, in between Idaho Falls and Pocatello, which we've all been to or been through. Mm-hmm. Damn it, Harrison. Do the right thing and stay away. <laughs> He's got to find out for science. For 3 a.m. for Ooh. us. And for the sake of this podcast, he visits this graveyard. <laughs> The story of which I will share in the next episode. Ah! <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you bastardo. <laughs> no, this is, it's a fun story. So I, I'm excited to share it. So guess you guys will have to keep on listening. Yeah. If you want to hear the end of this story. Guess so. <laughs> awesome. I had fun tonight. That was a good one. A little bit of south of the border. A little bit of north, north of, of the border. border. <laughs> I, hate I hate us. us. <laughs> so we're going to leave it at that. Uh, I'm grateful for you, too. I'm grateful for everyone out there who gives us a chance. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it still blow- boggles my mind. It, it, yeah, same, honestly. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So The feedback is awesome. We're, I'm really, I don't know, I love our I love our community. It's like, I don't know, it's cool. It's uh, To me, it's, it, I mean... In comparison to others, tiny, but it's the biggest thing to me. Oh, yeah. It makes me so happy. Yeah. yeah. So just getting to read stories from around the world is like, dude, that's the best. <laughs> yeah. That's seriously a dream, <laughs> dream come true. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much out there. Uh, until next time, trust your gut and watch your back. Bye. I love you. Be safe. Be careful out there. See you, folks. Bye. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife Maggie and son Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page.